This morning we are delighted to share together in what is in effect a major milestone in the life of 11 believers. Already in our first worship hour, seven individuals have taken the step of obedience and following the Lord's example in believers' baptism. And now in this worship hour, four others will do the same. I'm going to ask our four baptismal candidates to stand, if they will, and I'd like to address four questions to you that express your intent. Dear friends, today you've come here because of your desire to follow the Lord in believer's baptism. We have been praying for you that God, through our Lord Jesus Christ, would receive you, would release you from the power of sin, and would set you apart by His Holy Spirit and grant you everlasting life. I ask you now, in the presence of this family of believers, is it your intention to enter into union with Christ through the waters of baptism as a mark of your commitment to Jesus Christ? Do you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, that He is the Son of God who died on the cross for your redemption, and that He rose again in victory over sin and death? Have you repented of your sin? And have you accepted Jesus Christ's finished work on the cross for your own life? And do you intend to live a Christian life through the power of the Holy Spirit as it is made available to you? You may be seated. And I'd like to introduce to you our first baptismal candidate, Shanda Carson. Shanda, will you come? Shanda is the daughter of Mandy Heitzenrader and the granddaughter of Dave and Beth Heitzenrader. And Shanda is ready with her testimony. Yeah. I was five when I accepted Christ into my heart with the help of my Sunday school teacher and good friend, Diane Sickles. I love you, Diane. Where is she? Where is Diane? Is she out there? There she is. He has changed my life today. When I pass away, I know that I will be with the Lord. the Lord, and I now am ready to give myself to the Lord and only the Lord. I am here today to show that I have committed my life to the Lord. Very good. Shanda, I've asked your grandfather, Dave Heitzenrader, to prepare a word of encouragement to you, and he's going to come to that microphone right there. I know that this is a proud uh an important day for your family, for your mom and your family and your grandparents. And Grandpa Dave has a good word for you. <coughs> Maybe. <laughs> Give me a second, okay? I'm going to use the uh, passage that Pastor Rick used last week. It says, I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Think of joy. First of all, I think of your mother, and she came into our life, and we adopted her. What joy she brought into us, brought into us. And then you coming in, and I think back... Uh, First time I saw you, you were one twelve, one pound twelve ounces. We didn't even know if you were going to live. And I remember your grandmother running down, chasing the doctor, saying, 
wait, that's my granddaughter. I, we need to see her. So I think of that. The two months you spend in the NICU, and um, we weren't able to touch you until Christmas Day. And your grandmother, God bless her soul, tells me, I've got to read the Christmas story over you. And my goodness, that was very difficult to do. And I can see you in the palm of my hand, how small you were at that time. But the joy you brought into our lives. And it says, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you, God knew what he was doing. Even with that beginning that, that, that you had, God knew that, that you were going to grow into a fine young lady and, and you were going to give your, your heart to God. And we think of, of you coming in and entering our lives and the joy you brought to us and uh, I think of the angels in heaven when you gave your, your life to, to Christ and the celebration they have. And uh, we just think of you and we're so proud of you. And, and uh, just keep in mind, God will be with you. Uh, you have a family here that will be with you. Your, your family will be with you and everything you need to do. So thank God and just remember we're so proud of you. Great. You want to come up here, Grandpa Dave, and give Shanda a hug? And you can stand up here while she's baptized. Did you want to go down with Pastor John? What a beautiful testimony and what a wonderful story of your life. And based on that good testimony, your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and your declaration that you intend to to live for Him is my great privilege to baptize you. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Our next baptismal candidate is Isaac Heverly, the son of Michelle Heverly. Isaac, come up here. You look like you're ready to go, man, are you? I'm going to hold you up so they can see you. Before I asked Jesus into my heart, I was not very good. And when I was six years old, Pastor John and I were talking, and I realized I needed needed Jesus into my to be my savior. Now that I am now that I have Jesus in my heart, I am being more You're more, behaving more. Behaving more and trying to be better. How you doing with that? Good. Good. <laughs> Pastor John, who's had such an important role in your life, has a good word that he wants to share with you this morning. Well, I think first of all, I just want to say that I'm just, just so very honored that you've asked me to share this word of encouragement with you. I've watched you grow, and I can see how your heart is tender for the Lord. I remember the day that we had that conversation, and you said that you wanted to ask Jesus into your life, and it was just such a blessing to me to have that privilege to pray with you as you received him into your life. I know many of the struggles that you have gone through, and they are many for one who is so young. 
life has not been easy for you, but you are trying to deal with it the best way that you know how. Your name means laughter. And I've already told you that you have a beautiful smile. And it's easy to see the the love of God radiating from you. Please remember that there are many of us here who love you and care for you very deeply. We want to share the load that you carry and to help you to face the problems that may come your way. Isaac, you are not alone. Scripture passage that I have chosen for you This comes from Jeremiah chapter 29. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. In those days when you pray, I will listen. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. I will be found by you, says the Lord. So I think I truly believe that God has a great plan for your life. And I can just hardly wait to watch you grow up and for you to discover what that great plan is. I pray that you will remember this day as a very important milestone in your life. It's the day that you have stood before us all and declared that you belong to Jesus and that he is the Lord of your life. Always seek him and his way, and he will make your path straight. Amen. Amen. One Isaac, what a beautiful testimony that you've shared with all of us of how you have made that wonderful decision to bring Jesus into your heart and life and to make him your Lord. And because of your great testimony and because of your intention to live and lead a life in Christ, it's my great privilege to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. so pleased to be able to introduce to you our next two baptismal candidates, Brian and Tara Fannin. Brian and Tara, will you come and join me here? A couple of weeks ago, I had the opportunity to meet Brian and Tara. They are, are new to First Alliance, uh, but God has been doing an amazing work in their hearts and lives, and I'm so excited to have them tell you a bit about their story and about the amazing grace of God as it has been displayed in each of their lives. Tara, we're going to let you go first this morning. Um, I came across a quote the other day, and it said, um, God can and will do anything that is for our ultimate good if we are ready to receive his help. When I was younger, I accepted Christ into my heart. I asked for forgiveness, but I lost my path. Circumstances in life had weakened me, and I found myself pushing him away completely. I didn't fully grasp the impact of true surrender until years later. Looking back, I see that my self-centered and stubborn will were no match for God. All of my life, I've struggled to try to control my surroundings, but was always left frustrated in my failure and consumed by emptiness. I felt alone, betrayed, angry, and resentful. I was sorry for myself. One particular night, I was at an extremely low point where I knew I was completely helpless. I was sitting alone, knowing with all of my heart that I had failed miserably at every attempt I had made to fix my family and our lives. 
It was tearing me apart. Everything was undeniably out of my hands. I couldn't do it anymore. So I did the only thing left. I prayed to God. I prayed out loud in utter desperation for mercy. I surrendered and I begged for help that I knew I didn't deserve. And God heard me. I had abandoned him and I rejected his love, but he never left me. He knew exactly what I needed. Not on my time, but on his. He's constantly teaching me to trust him and to seek wisdom and spiritual growth. Sorry. (laughs) I've learned how to forgive, and I've learned the importance of humility. I can now be at peace with my childhood, my marriage, my present, and my family's future because I'm a child of God. His discipline is an act of love to show me that I need him. Life without God hurts. Today I can say I'm relieved and I am grateful for his guidance and his truth. Well, what does one say after something like that? We'll find out. Kim, your good friend, is here to bring a word of encouragement. Ralph, you might as well come as well because you're going to bring a word of encouragement to to Brian in a minute. I probably shouldn't even try after that. (laughs) That was good. Um, I feel that God brought us together as friends a long time ago, and I always thought that... It was for me to help you, but I've really learned that it was for you to help me as well. You've been such an inspiration spiritually in my life, and you've just been completely on fire for Christ. And um, it's so inspiring to me. You have such a peace and a humbleness and um, such a drive to just do so much good in the world. And in the past few months, you've probably done more good for others than I have in my whole life. And I just, I really want to encourage you to keep that fire and... um, to know that whatever task God sets before you, he'll always give you the strength to do it. So the verse that I picked for you is Isaiah 40:31, And it says, But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. So always remember that God will give you the strength. And um, even though I'll always be here for you, he'll be there in a way that I can never be. Ryan, share his testimony, and then Ralph will have you bring a good word of encouragement. I didn't write anything down. I wanted to just kind of go from heart with this. Uh, My entire life, I've just basically done what I wanted to do with no regard for anything else of, you know, consequences or what other people wanted me to do when I really should have been listening to what God told me to do. I've had a lot of things in my life that, you know, haven't gone the way that I've wanted them to. And throughout all of that, I really didn't think that, you know, if God wanted to change, he would have, you know, presented himself into my life. What I know now, though, is that God has presented himself into my life. Um, I've had a few problems, that, a couple of accidents that I've had that a lot of people think that I shouldn't still be here today for. And uh, luckily, God kept me here. Um, caused a lot of hurt to a lot of people and now that I've accepted Christ into my life it's uh, 
lot easier to be what the people in my life need me to be. It's a lot easier for me to actually um, it's a lot easier for me to like me now. I didn't really like me before. I was always trying to find a way to, you know, fit in. And I've had good friends <laughs> that I pushed away. Now the Christ in my life, though, I have those good friends back, and everything I see now is clear instead of cloudy. I don't have any problems knowing where my life is going because I'm just falling behind God. That's it. Ralph. Oh, this is uh, this is a day I thought I was never going to see. I'm not going to lie. Um, I grew up with Brian. I've known him since he was about this big. I consider him my little brother. And. Him going through some bad times is an understatement. I don't know anybody that's been through the stuff that he's been through. And to come to where he is now is absolutely amazing. I can't tell you how proud I am of you. Um, God saved your life, literally. Uh, I have pictures of that accident. We have no idea how you survived, and it's amazing. And you can still walk. I thank him every day for that. And since he saved you, I was going through some verses, and I picked out one that I thought would work best for you. It's from Ephesians 2. But because of his great love for us, God, which is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. He saved you and brought you back to me, dude, and I thank him every day for that. And I will be here for you, with you, for whatever you need. Tara, uh, this is a special day for you, and it's a special day for me. You and Brian are um, you're the last two that I have the chance to baptize. After 20 years of serving here, in those 20 years, I have seen people's lives transformed by the power of God. And your testimony today puts a punctuation point on the grace of Jesus Christ. You are trophies of God's grace. And I will remember this day for as long as I live based on your good confession of faith and your desire to follow the Lord Jesus Christ, to die to self and live for Christ. It is my privilege as your friend and pastor to baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Brian, uh, 
God who is rich in mercy has saved you. He has a plan and a purpose for you. I don't know where the Lord's path will take you, but I know that he will give you strength to be an overcomer. He is giving you daily victory over the habits that have demonized you for so long. And their grip on you is being broken through the power of Jesus Christ. Don't look back, but keep pressing on for the high calling of Christ Jesus. Based on your confession of faith and your good testimony and your desire to follow after the Lord's own example, to die to self, to come alive to Christ, it is now my privilege to baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's pray together. What a privilege, Lord. What a privilege. To watch uh, these believers step into these waters of baptism, expressing their desire to be buried with Christ and to come alive to Christ. I thank you, Lord, for the transforming power of your grace in Jesus Christ. Thank you for the way that it changes lives, that we are new creatures, that we're forgiven, we're cleansed, and we're alive in Christ. We're not worthy, Lord. We don't deserve salvation. We aren't worth much, Lord. But you've come along and you've loved us and you've forgiven us and you've made us a brand new creature. And we just want to say, thanks. Be to God for the victory that is ours in Jesus Christ. Where would we be without Jesus today? Where would we be? We thank you, Lord, for your amazing grace. For once I was lost, but now I'm found. Once I was blind, but now I see. Hallelujah, hallelujah to the Lamb of God. And it's in your name, Lord, that we pray. And God's people said. Amen. There is no way to follow that. There's not. This morning has been powerful both the first service and the second. Both very distinct and very different stories. Both very distinct and very different feels. And except the same overwhelming sense that God's power is alive and active in the hearts of people. And it is God's power and it is His grace and it is His love and His mercy that transforms lives. You've heard the message for this morning already. There's nothing that I can say that would touch what was already said. The power of their story is 
so moving. I have four pages of notes that I was to share with you this morning. Compared to their stories, it's rubbish. Because their story trumps anything I've written this week. I hope, I hope that you take to heart the messages that were shared today throughout, woven throughout the entire morning. From song to scripture reading to the stories that were shared, there is power, there is hope, there is healing, there is forgiveness in the name of Christ. And as I watched this group of people come to the platform and share their story, I was reminded of the influence of community. The influence that each and every one of us has on people around us. And inside a community of faith, which is what the church is, it's a community of those who have said yes to Christ. Inside that community, we have tremendous influence on each other. To hold a hand that is hurting. To lift someone up when they've fallen down. To point them in the right direction. To help them back on the path when they said that they've fallen off the path. To help them understand that it's not always in our time that God moves, but it's in His time. To help people understand that discipline is an act of love. It's inside a community that we realize that living life the way we want it doesn't always work. And we realize that living a life without God hurts. This is where there's hope. This is where there's help. And this is where there's healing. All because of Christ. All because of what He's done for us. In the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 16, Jesus challenges His disciples on what it means to be committed in following Him. In fact, Matthew chapter 16 is a turning point in the Gospels. It was at this point that the disciples finally got it. They finally understood who Jesus was. A defining moment when, when Peter professed on behalf of the others that Jesus was the Christ the Son of the living God. That Jesus was the Messiah, the, the Anointed One, the One who would come and bring redemption to people. He was the Son of the living God. Not a dead God, not an idol, not something that we prop up and worship, but He is the Son of the living God. Being convinced of that, in their mind and in their heart, Jesus turned their attention 
than to what it meant to be committed to that. And he says, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for me will find it. What good will it be for a man if he gains the whole world and yet forfeits his soul? Christ's words to the disciples that day is one of discipline. Helping them understand what it meant to follow Him. What it meant to be committed. What it meant to actually give their hearts and their lives to Him. To daily die to self and to live for Him. To daily look around our world and see how it influences us and daily understand the tension that we live in. That the more we love this world, the less we love God. And to take a look around us and to measure how much do I love the things that are in my life? Do I love them more than I love God? And to understand that even if I gain the world and everything that I chase after, and I lose my soul, nothing's worth it. We've lost everything. The people that stood here today have spoken to us about what it was like in their hearts and lives to be far from God. What it's like to be outside of His love, the desperation, the challenges. And then what it was like as people influenced their lives and brought them back and showed them the love of God and the mercy and grace and understood what it was to, to die every day to the desires that we have and give ourselves over to Christ and how freeing it was and how healing it was and how there's hope now. Life doesn't hurt the way it used. And that's the challenge for us. Will we be people who will walk in commitment? Who will love God more than this world? Who will seek hard after Him? And who will be people that influence others to turn their hearts towards Christ. Baptisms are great days. We need more tissue in each pew. Baptisms tell a wonderful story. A story that never gets old. It is Christ who redeems us. And Christ alone. Let's pray. Father, this morning you have reminded us of what it is to put our hope in you, to be found loving you. We've been reminded through the power of stories 
both in this service and the previous one, the power of someone's story to help us see the truth and to help us know how much you love us. Would you help us evaluate our own lives and ask whether we are really committed to you as we should be? Or are we allowing the love of the world and the things of this life to press in against us and steal us away from you? Let it not be so. But let us be people who are found rich in your grace, surrounded by your love. And let us be people who reach out to the friends that are around us and encourage them and challenge them and speak truth to them. Pray for them. And when they've wandered off the path, lovingly bring them back to it. Your love, your love is amazing. Thank you for that great reminder today. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.